Space Explore Podcast. We're back for a week of talking about space news and just, I don't know, we're going to nerd out a bit at the end because we have a pretty cool thing we're going to talk about that we're all excited about. But I am Don't, Seth don't hide it away. It's it's Lightyear. We're going to talk about Lightyear. Lightyear. Well, we're going to talk about the stories later, but I want to introduce our names because we I forgot to do that last week. So we're up Seth Kurkowski and with me, uh, of course, is Derek Wise. Hello, hello. Yeah, so we have a couple stories we want to talk about today, and we're going to end off with Lightyear, the movie that came out Thursday. We both watched it because we're space nerds, and I grew up with Toy Story, so I'm obviously going to go watch it. But uh, we also have some stuff about some NASA, a lot of SpaceX news. Okay, that's actually my moment. We have a little bit of NASA news and all SpaceX news this week. <laughs> I just ran through the, the, the show notes again. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, all, almost all SpaceX stuff this week. So, uh, But first, we'll start off with, with NASA uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, Monday. It is Wednesday, isn't it? Wow. Uh, on Monday, NASA completed their wet dress rehearsal for their space launch system rocket. It Well, they almost completed it all the way. Uh, it was a pretty solid test, except for a few issues. Um, like, well, and I think the issue, in my opinion, was probably pretty serious. But I don't know. I was like, it was confusing because they also they gave information, but they were like holding back a lot of the information. It was weird. It's an issue that definitely needs to be fixed. They need to fix. I mean, it was a, a hydrogen leak, and so they they need to fix that. However, they were still able to uh, go through the whole thing up to t minus twenty nine seconds. So seemingly, mm-hmm. they're they see this as a major success. Which I mean, it's obviously it is. a major success. Um, and so, where exactly they decide to go from here remains to be seen. A little bit what. Uh, potential repair work or adjustments need to be done uh, to the valve or uh, what additional testing on the valve will need to be done ahead of an actual launch. But it's uh, they made it so, so much farther than they did before. Um, so it's getting yeah. really exciting to look forward to. We're going to get to see this thing launch. Yeah, this is the fourth wet dress test. Um Last time was it like it was about was it March April? Um, they did their round of of testing again, and they kind of like it all they just ended up like not being able to fill up all the tanks with because of certain issues. And then the most confusing thing about this helium link or hydrogen link, sorry, not helium, wrong H uh, element um, of the hydrogen leak was because they had a hydrogen leak last time, and they just like they they just shut it down as soon as they found the leak. They just like we're done, like we detanked it. Um, and this one seemed like hydrogen leak. But maybe we can keep pushing forward. Like it, it was like kind of like uh, I don't know. It felt they're they're forcing it down to get the testing done. Which I think for anyone pricing in the control room, it's like let's get this done. We got to do it. So I don't know like what exactly was going on because we didn't have mission control audio. All we had was um, NASA communications kind of giving out every so often. Um. And it was actually super cool because I was actually like for a few weeks now, I'm kind of sitting like, okay, how are they going to in space shuttle? They had shuttle launch control. They had Apollo launch control they had Mercury, Ge- like Gemini, all those stuff like was always like the name. And I'm kind of sitting like, okay, is this going to be Artemis launch control or Orion launch control? Like, is it named off the program or named off the spacecraft? Because mm. all the ones before this have all been this, the program and the spacecraft are named the same. And, uh, um, I always blank on the guy's name from communications, like uh, Daryl something. I think his name was uh, from communications was on the console and he comes on and he goes, Artemis launch control. And I'm like, all right, there we go. I guess that decision was, they made the decision. It's going to be Artemis launch control, not, not 
not Orion. Uh, and that was super cool to hear. I think we, that was the first time I think we've heard that ever, like kind of been used. And that's like a really nerdy space nerd thing to look into. But like, I don't know for, for me, like, especially in the history, like that was super cool. Cause it's, you always kind of like, uh, especially going back on the Apollo, um, uh, like Apollo on real time stuff. When those milestones come up, you get to kind of like hear like Apollo launch control from the PR person. And it's always kind of cool. Or Apollo, um, mission control or something like that. So it's that exciting cool here. It is exciting. Like we're getting closer. Um, I hope when we actually get the launch, I hope we just have full on, uh, mission control audio. It's not just public affairs. Um, that, that's that way would be more good. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll talk a little more about the issue that they had. Uh, so, the the test for this was to get down to t- just just shy of t minus nine seconds. I think it was like nine point three. Like I think it, it went to like three decimals. It was really like exact. Uh, it was like a nine point three four five three four something, um, like seconds. And that's around. Um, and the, they failed at. Well, they didn't fail, but they stopped the test at t minus twenty nine seconds. And that's shortly after, uh, they handed off between the two different sequencers. There's the launch control sequencer. And then there's the automatic sequencer. The automatic sequencer, this is kind of like the sequencer handles all the different uh, operations and, and checks and tests and startups that need to happen at certain points at exact times uh, before launch. And so the the launch control one is managed by, managed by of course, the, the launch control team in, in the launch control center. And the automatic one is handled on the rocket by this flight software. And so... The issue that they had was they had a leak in the bleed, like a bleed valve or bleed system on a quick disconnect arm. And so they weren't part of the test that they had to do was to not test, but part of the launch uh, launch countdown is to test that whole bleed system um, in case they need to. Uh, I'm assuming bleeding is venting off, uh, uh, you know, hydrogen or, or whatever out of the rocket. And they weren't able to do that. So when they went over to the automated system, it kind of like flagged that as not being ready for launch and, and stopped the countdown. Um, they kind of knew that going into it, that that was going to be their their stopping point. So like you said, they seem very optimistic about this test being a success. And when you're doing testing, you know, your bar for success is very low because as long as you get further than before, it's a success. And they got much, much farther. So I could totally see them like not doing another wet dress rehearsal. I can totally see them just kind of doing like a, like maybe a modified feeling of the hydrogen tank and just testing the, the, that bleed system right there. Um, or just building it into the, the first launch since it is technically a test launch. Like it's not a full mission launch it is kind of like a, a uncrewed test flight. They add that testing into the start of uh of that first flight. You know they're they're gonna do probably another at least dry dress rehearsal, and then probably there's gonna be an extended um launch countdown for that mission. So I can totally see them just putting it in there as well. Yeah, I mean it's <clears throat> there. There's not much to to say until we get a little bit more information on NASA's actual plans moving forward, but. That's not the only massive rocket looking for launch. Apparently, I don't know. I, I, they're going to launch one next month, apparently, down in Texas. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Elon, uh, just we talked about last week about, uh, oh, yeah, we did mention this last week about July um, and then furthering things going on. Like that happened like as we were recording the podcast. And so I guess we have more oh, time yeah. to kind of like, we have more time, I guess, to kind of like talk about it uh, and kind of like, now we have a week into like 
is things actually happening? Um, but yeah, like a few days after uh, the FAA kind of gave the mitigated FONSI for the environment review, they, you know, I was like, yeah, next month, which just is totally Elon. Um, I think he didn't technically say that they will fly next month. I they'll think be they, ready. He said they'll be ready. Uh, but, but then he goes, but then he goes second orbital stack by August and then monthly flights thereafter. So like, I think he kind of like expects that they're going to be launching in sometime in July, late July, early August, and then have the second one ready in August. And then they're going to like launch monthly after that, which is just no. So it's so Elon. <laughs> it's very, it's very. Yeah. So like, whether or not like it happens or not is well is yet to be determined. Uh, it, it doesn't seem necessarily possible, but everything SpaceX does doesn't seem to be possible. But this one is more regulatory than uh, you know engineering wise. I guess so, we can talk about it in like thirty two days or something. Yeah, <laughs> or, whenever or that no, happens, like forty days. And when you look down there at Starbase, like I haven't. Honestly, I haven't been following Starbase a lot because it just seems like there's not a lot happening anymore down there. Like, there's a lot happening. Like, they're doing a lot of work to get everything ready, but it's not like flight testing. It's not even like pressure testing or like, it's just they're moving a lot of equipment from one part of Starbase down to the other part of Starbase and they're building things, which is awesome because that's what you have to do to build a spaceport. You have to yep. build the spaceport. Um, but, you know, I guess they have a lot of starships just kind of laying around down there. Um, you know, they're building more boosters. Uh, so maybe one of these is going to like, you know, is the one that happens. Like maybe they're building the one that actually flies right now or they've already built it and it's going to move down there and just they're going to stack it and just play chicken with the FAA again. I don't know. Like <laughs> who knows what SpaceX is going to do? Who knows what they can pull out, you know, within a month now that they you know, kind of have the, not necessarily green light, but the, the, the okay, I guess, to, to actually, they're going to be able to do this from down there. So, and, and they've done some more, uh, we've seen some segments roll out, uh, down to, um, LC39A, uh, yep. down here in Florida. So like, they're still pushing along in Florida for Starship, um, Starship work. Uh, so there, it's definitely nothing is, is slow moving. It's just, it's moving at a, a pace of, of building a new rocket. So, Seth, are you going to be joining me down there for orbital flight? Because I will be oh, yeah. there. I've already, I will make it happen. I've already, like, and game planned it in my mind that, like, okay, well, I'll fly down to, like, one place and, and meet with one of our other colleagues who wants to come down. And then you'll fight, come around and pick up, you know, like, Zach or something like that down from, like, in the south. And Daryl will probably join the convoy at some point because we're going through New Orleans. And, oh, and yeah. like, we'll probably all just meet up and just like drive down there. Cause like, it, and it's, it's one of the things like, yeah, I'm going, like, I don't care how much it's going <laughs> to like, I'm going, <laughs> we'll see how, how long he's going to take for us to get down there or how long we're going to be stuck down there. But I, uh, maybe I feel like the main issue will be hotel rooms. I feel like we should just invest in an RV and just <laughs> get an RV. Well, and w- yeah, we could sleep we in can... some Walmart parking lots, but no, 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 we can sleep on the beach near the launch site, except for like right before and after. Like I, I've heard of, yeah. And then we go that. sleep on the beach, you know, somewhere else. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, that's I'm definitely planning on going down there for that. Whenever it happens, I'm I'm uh, I'm betting on it happening later than sooner, just to give time. Especially like if this happens around the same time Artemis One is launching, that would be. So here's hectic, the question: Because I already plan on going down for that too. Is SLS or Starship gonna launch first? 
Uh, if you asked me that two weeks ago, I think I was adamant on SLS. Um, now, I think it is a coin toss. Okay. I think I could totally see them launching within the same month. Later, like late in fall. Okay, so you're going to come to Florida. We're going to see SLS. Then we're going to road trip out to Texas. <laughs> or we're going to be or we're gonna road trip to t- Texas. And then we're going to have to quickly book it on over to Florida for the press events over in for That's SLS. the thing that I don't want to have. I would much rather be here and then drive over there for Starship yeah. than... I've already driving planned, out though, to Texas and I've uh, already planned like back. probably being stranded in the south somewhere for like a month and a half because of these two launches. So <laughs> it, it's totally possible that it's gonna happen, but yeah. SpaceX also, uh kind of the rest of the SpaceX news. We have two more items of SpaceX, then we're in the light year. Uh also had a pretty uh pretty busy weekend for launches. They did uh oh, kind yeah. of a a SpaceX hat trick. Um, they use all three of their Falcon 9 launch pads, two in Florida, one out in California, to launch uh, three missions within, I think it was SpaceX is saying 37 hours. Uh, I didn't do the math or, or double check them on that, but that sounds right. Um, they launched, what was it? It was like, it was like at noon or something like that on Friday. It was basically noon Friday, then I forget when it was. I think it was Saturday, Saturday morning, and then it was like, was it two o'clock in the morning or something? No, like that? it was uh, Eastern time. It was like twelve twenty-seven or twelve. Okay, so like midnight, pretty much. Yeah, it was yeah, okay. basically midnight. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so the first one was a, was Starlink, and then we had not just any uh-huh. Starlink though. We we it's very easy to oh, yeah. dismiss it as just yes. another Starlink. So However, we're gonna get to that later about all the milestones that happened this weekend because okay. it wasn't just. Okay. It wasn't just like three launches. It wasn't just a start. Like, like it was all, so like just the mission, like just the mission wise. Uh, I totally forgot what the second mission was though. Um, but uh, the first one was Starlink. Sarah. Something? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, I think this was like a, yeah, Sarah. Someone not not. I don't think it was a U.S. mission, but um, yeah, uh, a mission out in the Vandenberg with Sarah that was going to the sun synchronous orbit, like you normally launch over in California, and then you had um. Global Star, which is a communication satellite. Global Star is an interesting one because uh, it wasn't just Global Star that launched. Uh, four other uh, satellites made uh, a tag along. Yeah. To uh, to this. Just uh, you know, there there was a lot of discussion, <laughs> both before the launch and then also immediately after the launch of. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this doesn't was- make sense for it to be going a, a small lightweight satellite going to this orbit and landing on a drone ship yeah so and a lot of things just didn't add up going into it there was yeah it was the global star is a low earth orbit constellation uh, low earth orbit a higher low earth orbit constellation um and so they're not as a huge satellites not like uh like some of you sent out in the geostationary orbit where they're like the size of a bus like they're they're relatively small to the light ones. It was on a payload dispenser, which is not normal for a single payload mission to be on a payload dispenser. Um, and it was using a drone ship for landing. And there's those kind of rumors like, oh, they must like. I think there's that the part is going to be um, some classified satellites on it. And sure enough, uh, I think I stated in my article that like, yeah, we'll have to wait for orbital data or, or reporting that there's going to be stuff on there. And sure enough, uh, the NORAD. <laughs> <laughs> the government agency kind of ratted out the government agency. Um, 
that uh that four other payloads and they're, they're i don't remember what the designations were but they're the usa designation and they're like 230 something or, or 320 something uh at whatever and so those are classified government satellites what, what they're doing we don't necessarily know um there is some it does it does line up the numbers line up that these could be the four satellites they could be four satellites that spacex was awarded for the uh Oh, it's, it's trench zero. It's a it's a a new early missile warning system that the DoD is developing. However, and those would basically be a modified uh, Starlink. They they seem to be a modified Starlink, so it makes sense that they can just like kind of like uh, develop the technology and build on the bus they're already building and and kind of get it out pretty quickly. But these were awarded in 2020, and back then they were uh, the DoD was saying that they're going to be launching by late 2022. So. Them being able to a, a, a government a, a government contract, no matter who it is, running early is like unprecedented. Um, them, uh, there's only very few times that uh, since at least in modern spaceflight that the government does not even acknowledge a satellite is being deployed. Uh, I think the last time they've done that was Zuma, but like even then, like we knew that it was a classified payload. Like you can't hide a launch. That's only a classified thing, but they just didn't acknowledge that it really anything happened or whatever. Um, and a missile warning system. Isn't necessarily one of those classified, like classified intelligence, intelligence satellites make sense to keep as secret as possible because you don't want people to know what you're capable of and what you're looking at. But for missile warning systems, they're kind of like part of it is also to like, know to let your enemies know that you have this technology that you will detect your missiles being launched. Um, so keeping those super secret, unless it's like, because this is a kind of a beginning of the program, maybe they don't want people to know about it until it's operational. Um, but it kind of like it, it's it, things don't add up to be those four, those satellites either. So what it is, we'll probably never know, but SpaceX didn't even bat an eye to launch four classified satellites and performed it almost perfectly of not mentioning it on the live stream. Um, going back to the live stream, I watched it. Like I didn't actually even watch it when it happened because I, I've gotten I didn't so watch like, the live stream either. Yeah. You were there at the launch and I'm sitting there like, I'll watch it in the morning. Like I don't expect anything to go wrong, but uh, going back through the, we watching it. Um, uh, they didn't even, they didn't show any camera v- feeds of the payload area until like later in the mission, which would make sense with them having classified stuff in there. They don't show that kind of stuff. Uh, they didn't even they didn't show video of the payload separating. Again, would make sense why they didn't show that if it's classified. They didn't even say that payload separation occurred. Which I went back to other missions. I'm like, is this a, this is a call out, right? I went back and checked on them. I'm like, yeah, they always say payload separation confirmed. Like, fairing. They, what? What? Payload. Yeah, they always say payload fairing. You know. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they didn't. Like, it just like mm-hmm. was removed. And obviously, I was like, that's weird. Like, that's like the weirdest thing of all of this is that for some reason that was removed from the mission control. Like, and they do remove stuff from the mission control audio. Like they do have someone, um, going over it. This is so like, uh, this not necessarily knew that they removed something. It's just something that's always been there <laughs> being removed. I don't know. This is all kind of weird, but 
We'll never know. Guests sleep well tonight. <laughs> There's stuff flying over our heads that we know nothing about. So, in other SpaceX news, there. Oh no! Uh, we have to talk about the thirteenth flight booster. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Let's talk about that. That that's a bit more uh, fun to talk about. Yeah. So that Starlink uh, was the first launch, uh, the first thirteenth flight of a Falcon Nine booster. So, I mean, there's not really too much to say about it. It's the reuse has become very routine. However, they're uh, continuing to push the limits of reuse, and so we'll see how far they can continue to push these boosters before potentially they run into issues, whether that's during recovery, they realize we can't fly this any longer, whether that is an issue during flight. Um, They're just going to keep on reusing them until those crop up. And it's amazing to see the way that they're able to do that by flying their own missions. Yeah. This has come pretty much like even, even when the new milestones hit, they're kind of like no longer like kind of like big i mean i still i still make sure i watch them because these are the ones that like are more likely uh to have failures um yeah. although maybe that's not even true maybe the more you fly them the less they have the chance of fail like we don't i guess we won't know until i mean once, later on. once you're i i think he said like elon said like second or third flight booster those are flight proven those are and, and mm-hmm. you wrote the article about uh NASA's uh, science chief saying that he prefers uh, flight proven boosters. And so there's definitely a value to the booster having already flown demonstrated. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it's capable. It's done its job. Um, So I guess what point does that booster, I don't know, cross over the hill and go from, yes, this has proven its worth to, it is now getting more and more risky to fly on this booster. Yeah, like we're looking at the bell curve. Like, when is it going to start going down, and when is the reliability going to start going down versus up? So, I think we're still, like, obviously, we're still moving up. Thirteen is still, you know, uh, I guess considered a reliable at least for now. I guess like twelve and eleven, I guess are now considered like reliable numbers still. Um, and maybe like I guess one and two aren't, uh, which is which is interesting. So, this is also. Uh, this had two of the milestones to launch, which is kind of like I wonder how much they ha- they had to have planned this. Um, so it was a new flight b- booster, you know, record. Uh, they reached a hundred booster reflights on this mission, and then their fiftieth consecutive landing as well uh, on this mission, which all, all within the Starlink mission, like not over the weekend, just as one mission uh, hit those three milestones, which is which is crazy. And then of course the three missions as a whole, that was their fastest. I guess they're they're fast like rapid fire launching of all three. Like they've done at least I think they've done two back to back, either on from between Florida and California or between their two pads in Florida, but they've never done all three this quick, bro. So oh, yeah. Kind of a kind of a crazy weekend for, for those who love rocket launches. Um now now we have to do the trick of how can you within or they do this three again, can one person go see all three? <laughs> no no <laughs> and, and importantly uh they'll probably they have to launch from texas somewhere in there so you do the road tr- or maybe you fly out so you <laughs> you start on the east coast you see a, a 39a launch you see a 40 launch you fly to texas you see starship launch you fly to california you see that launch how 
how tight could they squeeze that all together? That that would be interesting. And and then they uh, have forty nine coming there. They have two more Starship launches, and then they have you know the one at thirty nine A. So like they're launching like what uh, eight like launches or six launch seven launches <laughs> within now, like a day. That'll be really interesting to see how quickly thirty nine A can go from a Starship launch to a Falcon Nine launch and vice versa. Because of course they're like having. It's almost like a separate pad in the pad. However, they still are very close together. And so what mm-hmm. sort of things need to be taken into account there? Uh, even in terms of stuff like protecting payload on a Falcon while a starship is launching, stuff like that. So I'd I mean, be very curious. I'm interested to know if the the HIF they have there, the, the, their hangar, is capable of protecting the payload in there if there's an issue with starship at the pad like yeah <laughs> yeah like i know it was, i know it's definitely like they definitely had to design it to protect a falcon 9 if that like if there's an issue with that and and but <laughs> whether or not they could survive a starship is a whole nother question so um i'm sure there will probably be damage but who knows i don't know but that would be that would be interesting to see um or at least know about yeah, it'll be really cool to see how fast some of this stuff is going to become in the future, and it's it's really progressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what isn't progressing? Oh, <laughs> uh. oh, is that a bad segue? Uh, I'm sorry a, if that was a, a bad. It's segue. a it's a good segue, but oh, <laughs> it's like, uh. the, like listen, it's a yeah, it's a good joke, which you can't. <laughs> Um, so we had last week, there was a letter, an open letter written by, um, SpaceX employees kind of denouncing Elon Musk's, uh, actions on, on Twitter. If you follow Elon Musk on Twitter, if you don't, uh, I'm good, happy for you. Um, but if congratulations. you do, <laughs> congratulations, you've, you've skated all of this. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he stated it's a stream of consciousness and anyone who's that interesting probably has a weird consciousness. So stuff comes out and some of it's bad some of it's good some of it's ugly some of it's pretty i don't know like it's it's a it's a stream of everything but they're really upset about kind of like his his kind of like his actions and they kind of say like everything you know he is the public face of spacex um which i think kind of brings up the um, like it was interesting last week because we also had like someone talking about you know kind of like starlink going public and kind of like an update with that about being further along and and he does had he did have issues with Tesla with stating things because I think he was like the funding secured or something um, kind of caused a whole SEC fiasco. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I think he now has to get his Twitter moderated when it comes to Tesla things. And Starlink is supposed to be going public in a few years. OK, but to touch on the Tesla stuff, <laughs> he, he has to have his Twitter moderated. But like he's also the decision of what tweets need that moderation it's like if he thinks it can adjust it so it's like you know yeah, uh, yeah and right. also and he's, like- he's clapped back against some of the accusations there so it's it's much more uh involved like, but, yeah so yeah. i guess it's like interesting to see like what's going to happen if starting goes public because like i guess there would have to be some sort of there has to be more of a communication like, i guess spacex has spacex has a much more uh uh rigorous communication team than tesla does um so like i guess they would have to do have some i don't know whatever like and 
there are a lot of like public disclosures that have to be made and a yeah, lot of like spacex I, has a lot of so, stuff because of launches and getting all this stuff together but they're not like a pr team like you would see at like uh um i don't know like like uh, i'm talking about drone come like dji's communications team like where you're you're sending out review units and you're you're talking you have a whole group of people just even for media just to like they get questions asked, answered and, and for press and for the public questions. It's not like that. And Tesla doesn't even have that for their investors. But they, they would have to have an investors relations team. Um, SpaceX would when they go public. But so it'd be interesting to see the financial wise. Starlink. Yeah, there's a there's a like, lot of stuff going to come out financial wise when they go public. However, back <laughs> uh, back around to to this letter. Um, it was signed by uh, the number floating around is 404 uh, spacex employees signed it thousand apparently a couple thousand saw it and like and it was signed it. it was signed by those 404 within like a day yeah this happened like all within a day i guess it was like tuesday or wednesday where they started on it they shared it and like by thursday they sent it to glenn shotwell um or no they sent it to wednesday to glenn shotwell and <laughs> spoiler alert uh by thursday people were getting fired over it so um by Thursday, I guess there, there were a couple uh, handful. I think I was up to five or so. Um, SpaceX employees were fired um, because uh, their reasoning was um, that those employees uh, kind of like bullied or kind of like m- made employees uncomfortable um, and bullied people in the signing this letter. I guess uh, uh, there is hearsay to that, I guess, to like, you know, like that's what they're saying, but we don't know if that's actually true, you know, Um and the yes. way I understand it, uh, they had plans to distribute like paper versions of the letter and like with QR codes to sign it. But I don't. Well, they. My understanding oh, yeah. is they didn't do that. Eventually, it was primarily just the online portion of that. So, yeah. Uh, who's to say for sure how well? Uh, within a day, five people uh, could have pressured. 400 people to sign the letter but that's uh it's all just yeah he says well, there, she says and there's like i think it was like the rooms that they said that sent the, in the chat rooms in where they, they use microsoft teams apparently i didn't know that um i would have thought a tech company would have been using slack but i guess my i used to be a defense contractor and we had these teams for security reasons so i guess that makes sense um the there were like a couple thousand people in these rooms and 404 people signed it. And some people said that they, they agreed with it, but didn't sign it because they didn't want their name publicly on it. Um, so is there a chance that like, maybe they sent it in a room and like, maybe like a couple people like felt uncomfortable being a part of that, like having it being like unsolicitedly sent possibly. Um, but like, this is kind of obvious. Um, kind of like kind of this is obvious kind of like first amendment rights they have the right to say this uh yeah so i definitely don't want to try to say they they definitely did or they definitely didn't but it's definitely not uh a great looking situation from the outside from someone who says he is uh, a free speech absolutist if if they were pressuring them like if, if if they were pressuring people to sign then if they genuinely were, then I can understand that. Absolutely. If they weren't, it just, it doesn't look great. Elon had a very unfortunate tweet when all this was going down. I remember he did a all hands with Twitter 
and it, it was a question about Twitter and like people not agreeing with him or something like that. And he was like, I support free speech, something like that. Um, that's a, a paraphrase. I don't know. I think it was along those lines. And I think like, I, I saw it and I'm just like, oh, Elon, no. Like, this is why you need a PR person not to say things during, like, as the story is breaking. Like, he tweeted this. Uh, so that was definitely unfortunate. But well, this is one of the things we'll probably, I mean, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll find out, you know, but it's probably going to take some time because I bet there will probably be, there's going to be some legal stuff going on with you, with this because um, uh, those employees do not seem happy about obviously they don't seem happy about being fired and they think it's over this and they think it's wrong so any good lawyer would would suggest things so um we'll see what uh, what this all turns into though yeah i'm no expert on employment law uh nope <laughs> no not at all so but anyway there's definitely something that's gonna happen off from the the real rockets to the fake rockets let's talk a little bit i uh, initially non-spoilery about Lightyear. We'll get into spoilery stuff, but we will give a solid warning before we do that. So, I saw Lightyear on Friday night. And I believe you saw it that night also? Friday night, 9.45, uh, with okay. Dolby Atmos. Oh, uh, yeah. In the, in the Dream Loungers at the Marcus Theater near me. Um, just in time. I got home at like 11.30, just like I said last week. Got home like 11.30, 11.45. Went right to bed. It was the perfect time. I, there were no kids. It was all adults. It was great. <laughs> I love... I had issues with this movie. There were a couple things that were, eh, uh, I was maybe confused about, and I, I've like definitely thought about it a bit more. But it w- it's just such a, a fun movie. I, I didn't really know exactly what I was expecting going into it. Oh, me neither. It's My like, bar was so low. I, I had seen the, the trailer. I I... I was so, I was, my, my bar was pretty high. I, I was very okay, excited okay, I I for this, this movie. My, my bar was both low and high. It was like, if it was low as the point, like if this turns out to be like just a movie for kids, that's like based off Buzz Lightyear. And like, it's kind of like, it kind of along the Toy Story line where like, it's more just meant for kids. Um, like I would completely, completely okay with that. Like they're like Pixar has to come out with movies more, more on their IP for kids. But if this turns out, but like I'll say the IP, uh, the high bar of kind of like, but like the trailers made it look like an epic story of like everything. So this better be a freaking awesome movie. Oh yeah. And I guess if you're out there kind of thinking like if I should go watch this movie, cause is it a kid's movie? It is definitely, if you have you any can, nostalgia, you, if you have any nostalgia, okay. Go for Toy Story. Go watch it. Yeah. Um. Although I would put this even as like if I have never watched Toy Story and I went to go see this movie, it'd still be a good movie. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't so, need to really. I don't think you really need to know who Buzz Lightyear is. And that's to, the like, perfect thing movie. about it because uh, this is the movie that the the way it is uh, portrayed is it is the movie that Andy watched that inspired him to get the Buzz Lightyear toy. Yeah, I was wrong on that podcast when we talked about what it would be. It just wow. It 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 was that. And uh Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear, I think great job. The supporting cast I, I found very enjoyable. And one I was I was worried about in the trailers. I've gotta be honest. Socks. Best character. Hands down. Best Hands character. down. I love so hard at some of the stuff that they did. Um very well utilized and it, it was socks never felt 
out of place. It never was. Here is a solution to all of our problems. <laughs> it was just it, like it just oh, all fit. It was a Swiss Army knife. Ed. It was what you. It yeah. was the tools at hand when you needed them. But always it kinda, just it a little within bit the off. universe. It fit within the universe. Whereas, like by the end. It's like, oh, we need to do something. And Socks is like, I can do it. I'm like, oh, of course Socks can do that. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, I'm like just laughing at it. I'm like, oh, of course. That makes sense. Socks can do everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yeah. they they also, they didn't, I they, I wouldn't say they heavily invested and went into detail with the science of it, but they oh, were. No, not at all. Not at all. But they made t- time dilation a story plot. Yeah, time dilation. They used like C, which I'm. If I remember, if I remember correctly from my high school physics class, isn't C U just a constant for light speed? I'm pretty certain that's what it was. I had to double check. I was I want I have to double check it because I am going to write an article about light year. I'm going to write it today. Um, but like, uh, I'm pretty certain like C is used as a constant for light speed. I think, and they usually like point eight speed, point eight C, point nine C. Like they were using like it was like super cool. So, um. Okay, now I I feel like we have to talk about some spoilery stuff. Okay, so, so that's all. That was to say. That's all I can really. I think that's all I can say without going into spoilers. So like, this is this is the point. Um, if you if you don't want spoilers, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys later. Um, in a future episode. Uh, so bye. Have a good one. Follow us on Twitter. Bye. See ya. Um, but now spoilers. This audio is being added in post to provide a little bit of a break before the spoilers begin. The main podcast will resume. Now, Zerg is Buzz. Okay, that was I was not expecting to go that far into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. I was that expecting was a little loud. more downtime before you just went right into that part. <laughs> okay, you, you can add, you add add a pause in uh in post. Okay, yeah, I can add a add pause, a pause in post. But uh, no, that was <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did not expect that. That um, was good. That was honestly a really, really good surprise. I when now, you open it up and I saw it, I'm like, oh, you know what would have been hilarious if they would have put Tim Allen as that voice role? That oh my god. That would have been that would have been, so been really that interesting. Been so good. Because people were so upset that Tim Allen wasn't the voice. But if all of a sudden like old Buzz came and it was Tim Allen, that would have been amazing. Now like Tim Allen cameo. I I I have to admit, looking back on it, I'm much more positive about it than I was in the moment. Um the theater gasped. Now I watched it at Disney Springs. Um and it was just suddenly I, I mean everyone was shocked by this. Uh it, nobody saw it coming and I was also a little bit confused cuz it's like Zerg is it, it, as far as we know in Toy Story, evil emperor Zerg. And so it felt a little bit out of place for us to uh, learn that, oh no, this Zerg is just buzz. And I didn't feel like there was a ton of uh, hinting that this sort of thing could happen. It it, it sort of was, it, it was explained and it made sense, but it wasn't uh, something that I could have really anticipated there. But I, I have to admit, I have, I'm a fan of uh, the super Carlin brothers on YouTube and they they did a review, and one of the things they talked about is how Zerg Buzz mentioned he apparently like borrowed the ship or something. So while Zerg old Buzz uh, 
old Buzz may have been Zerg in this. Perhaps there is a real Zerg. And I thought that was uh, really interesting to to hear and think about. And the fact that at the end of it, Zerg was like alive. So I didn't really feel at in the moment that this movie and this movie alone was the movie that Andy watched to inspire him to get the Buzz Lightyear toy. However, uh, a fantastic movie. I absolutely see how it how it fits in. And my my issue there, I, I feel like they were setting up a sequel. And I would love to see that. I remember as a kid watching like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. There was like a TV show and there was also a movie, which I believed, I believe it used parts of the TV show. Uh, and of course, that wasn't voiced by Tim Allen. And, and so it, it actually like followed him as a space ranger. And I, I, my memory of that show is like nothing at this point. However, I, it'd be really interesting to see how maybe some of that stuff ties in together because as much as he's a space ranger this whole movie was on one planet really it was just can we get to light speed and they ended the movie uh there with having uh like blown up zerg's ship but zerg old buzz is still alive and so i I don't know it'll be really interesting to see with some uh proper planetary exploration i feel like they they could explore it a little bit more and i i just thoroughly enjoyed it everything well there's definitely going to be a sequel oh yeah because yeah like so one of the things that we uh i wanted that we were talking about beforehand you stopped me before i I said it was so there are there are there are scenes after the credits yes two or three of them and uh it was fun i'm sitting there everyone's left it's not a marvel movie like why would you wait for the the end credit scenes so the uh the, like i'm sitting there one goes by the next one goes by i'm kind of sitting there i'm like okay maybe this is end but i'll wait for the lights to come on because you did text me to say wait for like the, it's black or black and stay black i'm like okay i'll just i'll go to the extreme and i'll wait for the lights in the theater to turn on um and also yeah the final one comes up um yeah like the old buzz is alive spoiler um we're in the spoiler section but uh i kind of like sit up i look back and there's like one other adult like sitting in the far back row where i walk out and he goes marvel I'm like marvel yep like we both like do like marvel trained us it, for this the it stage makes you the wonder now I, the theater i was in there was actually someone like i i knew i was gonna sit until the lights came on but there was someone up at the front that like got up out of their seats the moments the the moment the credit started and oh, started so yelling to everyone, "Stay seated! There's an after credit <laughs> scene." And, yeah. and then they did that again after the first like mid credit scene. And so I I I feel like they the biggest after credit scene was absolutely the last one. And I'm really curious, like less than half the people that go to see this movie must see it. Oh, there's so little people. So many gonna people stay. are going to watch. Especially with you have kids, like you're not going to like keep your kid around that long like after the end of the movie this is still. Yeah. Like they're going to want to get up and do things. So like you're, so many people miss that. And uh and it's kind of sad like, to think about that cuz that's like really exciting moment and fun moment and to to learn about it after the fact or to hear a sequel and be like, "Well, you would what? I would be really upset if I left it. Oh, I was yeah. if I like waited for the first one and then left." 
and like miss the other one, I would be buying the ticket to go watch it again. I'd be <laughs> really upset. Um, I okay. In the in in uh, just to put some light, like we love the movie. I would probably I would not. This wouldn't it be like Top Gun Maverick, where I went to go watch it a second time. That's fair. I wouldn't go back and watch Lightyear a second time. But like once it hits Disney Plus, I will definitely be watching it again. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but Disney Plus as in like not pay. I think you can actually get Lightyear right now for like on Disney Plus. I really? Don't know. Someone I don't said think it, so. but I don't remember if it actually was true or not. So I didn't check it. I don't. I didn't really look into this that that much. But um, I wouldn't be surprised. Or maybe maybe it's going to be. I don't know. But uh, once it hits, like, if it hits Disney Plus and it's like free to stream around August, I think again. is what this okay. looks like. Okay. It, maybe. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense for it because I think there's like what now is like sixty days something like that. Movies usually usually sit in theaters before it goes on streaming. Maverick's the only one that's like going to be for there for like the full hundred and forty or so like traditional days, which I'm completely down for because I would go watch it a third time. Like, I think I might be planning a trip, um, in a few weeks somewhere. So like. Maybe I'll watch it again in a movie theater down there just just because. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, supporting cast, uh, fantastic. I loved one of the the dumbest but most fun things was, like, the pen. Oh, my gosh, the the pen. And it had such a good payoff. Now I want a pen. I want a pen now. Like, (laughs) that that was hilarious. Like, the pen was just so fun. (gasps) Go pen. And it keeps playing with the entire time. And I can't wait. What was the reason why they used the pen at the end? I totally forgot. Uh, they needed something like thin. Uh, and it was just like the perfect. Oh, you need something with a pry out the pry something open. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah they need a pen. Pen. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Uh, that uh, guy was great. And, and, so. and socks. So versatile. The, just the, the funniness of like the dart. And they set it up. I, I bought you five times. I bought you five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And they, they, they set it up with, the, of course, Perfectly. the one socks, like, used the dart previously. Buzz is like, was that for me? And then the other socks, later in the movie, uses it on the old Buzz. <laughs> it's great. It was so good. I just realized, I also just made a decision about the pen. Um, He he wore the, the rookie suit. And only the rookie suit had the pen. Okay. Yeah. Which goes into the part goes into the part where I got like rookies aren't supposed to do anything. They're supposed to take notes. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. that I just made that realization that the rookie suit has a pen, but not, not the actual normal people have pens. Yeah. It's so good. Lightyear isn't as complex as some of the other films. It's definitely like No, it's very simple. We're well, we're no, stuck I, on a planet. I mean, like the themes and stuff. It's stuck yeah. on a planet. Okay. And Buzz uh is against robots and rookies. And he learns to find a team and work of with rookies. people as they are. Yeah. And so it, it's not a terribly complex, but it's got the 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 positive messages you'd expect from a Pixar film. It's it's great. It is great. It's awesome. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Absolutely, it's definitely worth. Like going out with some friends to watch it too, like because like I think there's a lot of things like in there that you guys like just like it just would be fun to just watch it and just laugh about it and then talk about it afterwards. So like just watching a movie and then like not talking about it afterwards to anyone. It's like this was definitely one of those where you get to have like a lot of like jokes within the movies to talk about and laugh about. Yeah, I, that's why it's like I, I didn't talk with you about the movie afterwards, but I'm I, I knew we had to save it for the podcast, and I was I'm so glad I I really enjoyed the movie and it's. 
I know it's it's like a kids movie, but it's so like it's it's nostalgic and it's fun and it's just a good movie. And uh, I'm trying to think what else is coming up. I don't think there's really any space related movies coming up soon. I think the next movie I'm going to go see is Elvis, which is this weekend. Oh, that's not really space related. Ooh, I have a ticket for that. Yeah, I need to go buy a ticket for that. Um, um, I've been going to a lot of movies lately. I don't know why. I just feel like I need to go to movies now. I got um, AMC A list. <laughs> so I should. I, if, if the only AMC theater wasn't like across town and not in a good part of town either, I would totally go to it. Um, <laughs> it's also like that's where I saw the IMAX movie in the of of Maverick, and the seats are terrible. So I I just go to the one that's like five minutes down the road from me now, which is Marcus. They don't have that, but yep, movies are great. I I miss going to the movies. I guess maybe that was it. Maybe that's been it. Maybe maybe COVID maybe miss me going to the movies. <laughs> and well, you've got a Kenobi. It that's like Kenobi's senior finale today. I uh, we haven't watched it. I think we're going to do our group watch with everyone. Or at least well, those uh, who have Disney Plus. Okay, but, I am. I, I have to admit, I am only three episodes in. I missed. I did. I had to watch four. And, was it four and five? Right. There was, this is six. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had to watch four or five back back because I I got busy and I didn't get to watch the, those, but they are good. It definitely worth. I think honestly, Kenobi's really good. Just binge watching. Like, it's gonna be a really good show to binge watch again. So, all right. I think we're done for the uh, this episode. Anything coming up next week or soon in spaceflight? Uh, apparently, Starship Orbital. <laughs> all I right. believe Elon. All right. But uh, yeah, we're well. In, I know July twelfth, we're possibly going to be getting some. Uh, uh, photos from James Webb. So that's exciting. But like, oh, yeah. the next week. Um, Hopefully, also early July. Maybe CRS twenty five. Of course, that was delayed with the uh, hypergolic leak. But uh, mm-hmm. so hopefully that we haven't really gotten too much of an update there. But hopefully that'll be ready for flight soon. Yeah. Uh, so that's all coming up soon in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned for that kind of stuff and. We'll see you guys all in a, in a future episode. Oh, wait. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Space Explorer podcast. I'm Derek Wise. With me is Seth Krakowski. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Derek is Wise. And you can follow Seth Krakowski at Seth Kirk, S-E-T-H-K-U-R-K. Uh, you can find us on all the major uh, podcast streaming services like uh, Apple and Spotify and, and whatnot, Google. And then uh, you can also listen to us at spaceexplorer.com. Also, what do you find on the news? So, we'll see you guys all in a later episode.